Need a hand? I've got two. One for each of the uh, devil's horns. Go away. I won't be but silent backup. Look, I heard your note, and yes, you're right. Maybe real adventures would make better stories. And you, sir, smell chock full of them, amongst other things. I mean, what is that? Is that onion? It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. yeah. Oh, I could be your barker, spreading the tales of Geralt of Rivia, the, the butcher of Blaviken. Come here. Yeah. Come on, Roach. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of... IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the IPC Podcast, also known as the Intergalactic Peace Coalition, and we are broadcasting live right here on channel 1138.com, but also coming to you through the power of iTunes and Google Play and StarWarsUnderworld.com, our good friends over there. And speaking of which, we're going to be talking a little bit of Star Wars tonight. And a little bit of Star Trek, and a little bit of Marvel, and a little bit of DC, and a little bit of something else. We're going to be kind of getting a smorgasbord of topics tonight, since it is a new year, it is a new decade, 2020 is upon us, and heck, we got to get caught up on some of that news, because sometimes we just don't get to it, and so much is happening, and it's just insane. And so it's going to be a lot of fun diving into a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and uh, discussing some stuff with, that we got the chance to watch in the recent weeks. And it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. We hope you stick around for it. But, but before we do that, introductions are in order if you are new to the show. My name is Ben, and joining me as he has for many, many episodes, he's been here from the beginning, and hopefully he will be here until we're dead. It's my good friend, Mr. Zach. That's such a threatening way to put it. I didn't say I would kill you. I'm just saying that I'm hoping like, you're you're in, in this like to the, the end. The only way he's not gonna podcast is if he's dead. Uh, yeah, I'm getting off to a grim start here. I apologize, guys. <laughs> oh, it's all it's all in good fun. I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to be talking about all the stuff that we've got. We actually got some requests for things to talk about. And a, a couple right. of surprises uh, in the works for a couple of us here on the program. And so, all in all, just sounds like it's going to be a really fun night just um, chatting it up and seeing where it takes us. Exactly. And as I said off the top, we have been watching some stuff. We just got off Christmas break. And a lot of stuff has been happening in TV especially has blown up recently. This this really feels like the golden age of of television and a lot of the stuff 
isn't even on television. I don't even know what you call it TV anymore because we don't watch it on TV. At least I don't. Um, I watch it on my phone. I watch it on my computer. I watch it everywhere else. And, you know, it's been a blast. And uh, we talked a lot about movies last week. But, uh, you know, as we've talked about, um, the TV slate has been packed. And there's so much to look forward to. But there's one thing that's made a huge splash recently. And I'm always intrigued by these new things that come up and just take the internet and the world by storm. And you see all the memes and you're like, I don't even know what that is, but I'm intrigued. And I'm not even someone that would necessarily be like in the demographic that would be interested in this. But uh, I'm strongly considering watching this. And I know you actually did get to watch it. And we had a request from our good buddy, Chris Abbott, star actor, who's in the chat right now. Hey, Chris. And uh, he said, why don't you talk about The Witcher? And since you've seen it, Zach, what have you thought? Well, I I, I will say... I, I, I will say that I've, I've known you for a few years now, yes? Yeah, a we, few we've, years. We've been doing this show for about five years, and uh, I was on your Star Wars Underworld podcast before that, Facebook friends before that. So, <laughs> I mean, probably known you at least seven or eight years of by now. Is that a fair assumption? I think so. I'm trying to look up, like, when we became friends, I because ha- I have no idea. But I would assume it's been. A yeah, long time. you've got those Facebook memories where you can get your friend anniversary or something like that. I need to like keep my eyes open for when we actually became Facebook friends to like make it official. I've been on Facebook like eleven Same. years this Same. April, I, I, and I, 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 most of those years I've been friends with you. So I think it's safe to say. Well, it's been I'm a honored while. by that. Uh, yeah. I here here's here's context for you. I remember the Star Wars Underworld when it had 3300 people on it. It's a long and it's time like ago. what over 200k now or something? Yeah, and it's going on yeah. up there. Um especially yeah. recently. I so, I remember yeah. I was watching season 2 of The Clone Wars and I wanted to go find fan pages on Facebook for different characters like Embo and Cad Bane. And like those types of pages just happen to also have an affiliate page, like on those little sidebars on the Nexus. Like, if you like this page, we recommend this one also, kind of thing. And right. there was always that one for the Star Wars Underworld. And I thought, oh, shoot, did I find like a piece of the dark web on Facebook? <laughs> like, I remember being genuinely concerned about even clicking on that page because I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I just found the Star Wars black market or something? I don't know. Maybe in those days you may have been right to be concerned. I don't know. <laughs> but when I finally found it, I was like, oh, my God, this is my people. Because y'all had, like, trivia Fridays and caption contests. And oh my the quote of the day was so much fun to, like, be a part of. And, like, we would start threads of, like, whatever the quote was that came after it. And, like, the, the comment section of those quotes of the day would just be people going back and forth trying to quote the whole dang movie in the thread. Like, it was so crazy, so fun. But, yeah, that was back when it was a community of 3,300 or so, and now it's up over 200K. So that's about how long I've known you because you were managing the SWU then. You still are now. So if you can also trace back to whenever SWU had about 3,300 people on it, that's about how long I've been around. <laughs> 
Oh, hell yes. (laughs) And I, I, I preface all of that to say, in all the time that I've known you, I can safely guarantee there is no way in hell you would ever watch The Witcher. <laughs> I'm, I feel called out. <laughs> Maybe just a tiny bit, but n- no, not 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 necessarily. That that wasn't that wasn't the way that it was intended to come across. It's just it 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 is very. It's very dark, very graphic, a lot of sexual overtones, a lot of magic, um, and not the whimsical wizardry like you get with Star Wars, like the dark right. manipulative magic that it, it can be intriguing when it's woven into the storyline well, which it was in this series, but you know, I've been trying to convince you to watch certain tamer episodes of Game of Thrones, and you're like, nah. I've tried to get you to watch Deadpool, you're like, nah. And if if those types of things are are not really in your wheelhouse, then I really wouldn't say that The Witcher is either. That's all. I, I yeah, I, I will say I have seen the one scene where Henry Cavill, The Witcher, I'm assuming, is uh is fighting some dudes, and then he stabs a guy into his mouth, and then rips the sword backwards which goes through his mouth and uh, out yep. of his skull and yeah it's a uh, it's uh it's dark it's dark yeah, yeah. that's episode one <laughs> that's episode one that's okay funny. so like the deeper into it the more immersive it becomes i will definitely give it that the more you watch it the more into the world you get and that was something that i actually kind of missed out on in the first two or three episodes I had never played the video game. I had never read any of the material that it was supposed to be based on. Like, I had no knowledge of anything coming into this series. And so I did appreciate that, like, some sequences in the first episode gave us a little bit of exposition without stopping too abruptly to just stand there and give us exposition. You know what I mean? Like... There, there are certain right. scenes where the villain talks about his master plan or whatever because you need to know, like, what his background is and what his motives are and, and things like that. You don't really have a whole lot of that in the first couple episodes of The Witcher, but what you do have is the assumption that somebody watching this has at least played the video game or something. Like, they know who Geralt of Rivia is, they know what his purpose is, they know what kind of quests he usually goes on. You know the map and the terrain because you've explored those territories yourself in playing the video game. Like, it kind of runs on the assumption that you have seen it at some point before or experienced it in some other capacity. If you're going in blind, you're actually going to be pretty lost with this series for the first three or four episodes. But then once Uh you get to know the characters and once you get to know what's going on and just how everything is supposed to be woven together. The last two or three episodes actually have some really great payoffs. And by the end of the season, I was sitting there going, okay, when is season two again? And I was, I was like legitimately excited for what was going to come next. The storytelling got better with each episode. I wouldn't say that the action necessarily got better with each episode. I wouldn't necessarily say that the character development got better with each episode. 
but there was enough of a compelling storyline and there was good enough acting, especially from Henry Cavill, especially from Henry Cavill, but good enough acting to keep things going. It was meant to rival Game of Thrones. And if I'm comparing season one of The Witcher to season one from Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones probably gets like a 9.5 out of 10. Like, it's one of my favorite seasons of TV ever, period. And if I'm looking at The Witcher, it's probably getting closer to like a 7 or 8 out of 10. It's still really, really good, but there's still a lot of stuff that they could have done to pick up the pace a little bit, to make you feel a little bit more involved to help you understand people's motivations and things like that. You do finally understand it after a while, and when you do, things start to make more sense. But until then, it's more like you kind of have to stick with it to find out what the heck's going on. Right. Yeah, it it looks, I mean, just from the trailers and seeing the clips that I've seen, it looks amazing. Like, it looks like this film that you're you're watching and you know that's that's kind of the 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 thing that you're you're expecting with you you've kind of come to expect with these new tv shows and stuff especially like that. on but, streaming yeah, like services said. especially on streaming services there is this precedent now that when you're watching a series on a streaming service it kind of has to be bingeable like you you have to be able to sit down and binge the entire episode in a day or a day and a half or, or whatever the entire season in a day or a day and a half rather um daredevil for example you know jessica jones uh the mandalorian orange is the new black you know whatever you want to to look at um there, there's this idea that it needs to be interwoven enough that it feels like as soon as one episode drops off, you pick up and you can just hit the ground running and keep doing that. The Witcher does mm. do that, but it's also kind of stylized to be somewhat episodic, so you could pick up and drop off if you wanted to. But the, the interesting thing is there's one overarching storyline that's kind of weaving through everything, while at the same time, you're going on these miniature adventures in each episode. Something is happening to Geralt or his compadres at, at some point in each episode. And it actually feels like the show is taking you on a side quest. And that's something hmm. that I've never seen before. Because if you're looking at... You know, uh, movies that are based on video games, you're looking at Pokemon Detective Pikachu, you're looking at Warcraft, and then you're looking at The Witcher. Those are really the top three examples that I can think of right off the top of the bat. Um, but if, if, you're, if you're looking at a, a serialized story that gives you a great example of what side quests are like in a game, but put in a real-life perspective... The Witcher actually does a really great job of that. That's great. That's great. And and it and it kind of kind of breaks the curse of something based on a video game kinda not sucking. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't I would definitely not say that this sucks. I'm sure that there are people that are like video game loyalists and content loyalists that are gonna find stuff to nitpick about it. And then there's people like me who are looking at it strictly from a series perspective saying, okay, this could have been done better. This could have been done better. But overall, I feel like 
Henry Cavill as Geralt of Rivia is probably Henry Cavill's best role. Really? I, yeah, and wow. I and I don't I don't say that lightly, but the way that he carries himself and the way that he embraces the role and the way that his character develops over the course of the season. Uh, it, it really puts some things in perspective as far as the screenplay that he was given in his movies as Superman. Wow. That's that's great. That That's great. I, I mean, I love Henry Cavill. He's had a lot of interesting roles in different things. Um, you know, one that comes to mind is that I saw was uh, Mission Impossible, the last Mission uh-huh. Impossible film. Um, he was great in that. And, you know, he's he's... He's shown himself to be a versatile actor, you know. Not it doesn't get much bigger than Superman, but I'm glad that he's able to branch out and get these really interesting kind of smaller roles. But ultimately, you know, Witcher is gonna be big. I mean, it already is big, but it's gonna get even bigger probably with season two and stuff mm-hmm. more like that. I I think so. I think it's I think it's only on the rise. If it, if this is the the first season out of four or five it lays a great foundation for the stories yet to be told. That's great. That is great. And you know what? I know you're saying that I probably won't like it and you're probably right, but I'm still, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about it. I'm like, it's right there and it looks really good. (laughs) And I'm always like, I've, I was always like that with like game of Thrones. Like I legitimately was never interested in game of Thrones, but I was always felt left out when people were talking yeah, about it. Definitely... I I loved the I loved the camaraderie and the fandom around Game of Thrones. I always loved Sunday nights, new episodes come out, and people would freak out about it and like, oh, that was great. And uh, so that's why I was looking much forward to the Mandalorian. We got that. We got that in Star Wars. So uh, I'm I'm happy. So uh, that that void has been filled yeah, for me. That that's that's a that's a fair comparison. Um although I I, I feel like the scale that Game of Thrones went to still has yet to be matched i th- i think that is one... on tv I th- for sure i think that is still no even in cinema really yeah i think that even in cinema there are some battle sequences in game of thrones that rival avengers endgame in my opinion wow that's they impressive. they had a huge budget and when you're talking about cinema on streaming or cinema set to tv there is no bar higher than game of thrones still that's but... great that's great well maybe maybe dig- one day Maybe one I dig- day. I dig- <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to tell you not to watch The Witcher because I think I showed my dad the first episode. Okay. But I also introduced my dad to Game of Thrones and I kind of regret that now. Okay. Uh, your, your dad, your dad's cooler than my dad. I'm just going to. Well, that my dad's my dad's <laughs> just a, a little bit more open minded nowadays because he he really wants to be a part of my world. And that's that's great. That that that, that and, is really And that's sweet. one of the things that I respect the most is you know, he may not want to be on the podcast. He may not necessarily want to go see all the movies that I want to go watch. I went and saw Underwater the other day for crying out loud. You know, I I, I, I put it I put it in my my top 5 movies that I'm most anticipating and I actually went and saw one of the movies that I was anticipating. And uh, nobody else went and saw that with me. Nobody else wanted to go see that that crap fest with me. So I saw it myself. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I show him things like The Witcher and I show him things like Game of Thrones 
because I know even if it's not his cup of tea, he's willing to take an hour or two out of his life to bond with me. And that's that's probably my favorite thing about it is not necessarily whether he likes it or not, but that he likes me enough to give it a try. Yeah, and all this TV stuff really has is is a great bonding experience because I've had the similar thing with um, my parents. They, I've of course every Star Wars movie that comes out, I take them to it, but they haven't enjoyed all of them. They haven't really loved all of them. They really, they really love Force Awakens, but since then they've kind of been hit and miss on their opinions on this. Uh, my dad. Quote, quote, I, all I have to do is quote him and say, he doesn't think The Rise of Skywalker was a good ending. Um, so uh, that's my dad's hot Interesting. Take. <laughs> Interesting. But, uh, the one thing that they absolutely adore is the Mandalorian. Well, who doesn't adore that Baby Yoda, been... for crying out loud? That Baby Yoda helps. That made the deal. That settled the deal. But, like, my dad's a huge Star Wars fan. My mom is also... Um, but that show, man, and, and it's been fun to, like, watch it every week, and they're, like, you know, as it's coming out, I just recently watched the finale with them, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun, and they've enjoyed it, and they're like, when's season two coming out? I'm like, it's gonna be a few months, I'm sorry. <laughs> as if you have some sort of control in... or influence over it, <laughs> like... Right, they're, I'm gonna feel I'm gonna I'm gonna get a, like an update every couple months, like, when, when more Mandalorian, we want more Mandalorian, um, but that, yeah... <laughs> It's it's so great. All these shows, they're great, and it's and it's so great. And uh, one other show that I've been watching is uh, a collection of shows. Actually, you know, as I've talked about before, my relationship with the Arrowverse has been mixed, to say the least. I've kind of fallen out of love with a lot of the shows. I stopped watching The Flash just for the sake of not hating it. <laughs> And your own, but your own I, sanity, I kept, you mean, because of how definitive it oftentimes right, gets? Right. I just, I, I don't want to hate watch something. I don't want to turn it into that. I just don't. But I Dude, couldn't that, handle it. That, honestly, so, that's what I do with some of those cheesy movies, those B flick horror films. But those are supposed I, to be bad. This I, is supposed to be like the gold standard in TV superheroes, it and it's not. Is it though? <laughs> Like, I think uh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give a hot take real quick, and I'm going to say that given the type of buzz that it's gotten, I'm going to say that the new gold standard for superhero TV is going to be Titans. You know what? That's a very fair point. I think Titans, what's interesting about Titans is the all the hate it got going yeah. into it. People were so just like, oh my god, this looks awful. Look at Starfire. Like it just, it just, it was terrible. And then it came out, and everyone shut yeah. up, and everyone was like, oh, this yeah. is pretty good. And yeah. now it's like so people those are message boards out. like all shut down, and now those people like had to change their usernames, and they've got a new Tumblr talking about how great the show is, and how they're pushing for other characters to show up, and. I think there's rumors going around that they're they're casting someone as Barbara Gordon, Batgirl. I would, yeah, I would like put they're a they're really yeah. they're really making some advances. But that is one thing that the Arrow slash Flash verse, whatever you want to call it, has been doing really well is being able to bring in other people from other franchises. And from what I understand, I never I never got around to watching it, but. 
you you did. And from what I understand, this whole crisis on infinite Earths is basically just a giant opportunity for endless cameos. Am I right? It essentially connects all the DC universe together in one thing. It is astounding. And and going back to this, Crisis on Infinite Earths comes out. They teased this months ago. It, it's kind of it it, it continues the storyline that was started in the last Crisis event, and it's the yearly crossover, and it also doubles as kind of a finale for Arrow, which I've been invested in uh, since it started. So, like, um, I I was really looking forward to this, and yeah, it's it's not the best, but also is the best. It's weird, because... Can you please I think elaborate? Because the... that makes literally no sense. No, it doesn't. And there's not a lot about this thing that does make sense. Let's just put it that way. Um, look, the, the writing and the acting in these Arrowverse shows can be very mixed sometimes. Sometimes they can really nail it. Other times it is just mind-numbingly dumb. The uh, the special effects are not great. You know, this is a TV show. So you have to give them a pass on it. But all I can say is Crisis has been so much fun it has been an absolute blast, and that helps the fact that it is so many cameos in it, and there's so many things. And I think to, to kind of start this off with the two biggest ones, not the biggest ones, but two of the biggest ones um, that were heavily publicized going into this, you have Brandon Routh, who was already playing Ray Palmer, the Adam, in this Arrowverse, was going to come back as the essentially the Christopher Reeve Superman from the Donner films. Um, and he makes an appearance here. And you also had Kevin Conroy playing an older version of Bruce Wayne. And both of those, they're like this, like the second episode, I think, those two show up. And that's a really excellent show. In the opening titles, and okay, it's minor spoilers here. I'm not going to spoil anything huge until we get next few minutes. But uh, like minor spoilers is like, they you see the original Robin. I'm blanking on his name right now, but he shows up in like the opening credits because it's the crisis, antimatter coming through to destroy all the planets and all the multiverse, and right, skies turn red and there's a bunch of different things. There's a guy from uh, 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 Batman, the 1989 Batman. Really? Um, so many others. So many others. Um, they just do. I think I'm pretty sure there's one. There's a character, of course, I don't watch the show, so I don't know, but I'm pretty sure there was a reference and a character from Titans that showed up in the Arrowverse 2. So they go out of their way to reference literally everything. And in the second episode, I think, is where they go to One Earth, and Kevin Conroy is playing this older version of Batman who has been through a lot. And and you also have, um, what's his name, uh... How, why am I forgetting his name? Smallville Superman. Oh, Tyler Hetchland? No, Hetchland no, is Supergirl, no. isn't he? Yeah, Tyler Hetchland is the Supergirl Superman, which technically is the Arrowverse Superman. And you have Tom Welling, who is the original yeah. TV Superman. Or, or not the original, yeah. but the, the Superman that a lot of people grew up with yeah, in Smallville. And he shows up here. And I'm not going to give away what happens, but, like, it's really great, and it's not what you expect. It's not a huge cameo. Neither one of them have a huge role, 
but it's still a, an homage to that character and, an homage, and and kind of an update on like where's he been and it's definitely that version of the character and it's it's great and there's so many other ones that you don't see coming and there's so many different things i'm not saying like and a lot of times you have no idea what's happening it's something about the multiverse is being destroyed and and that's that um there's really it's so convoluted and so complicated and uh but it's fun and i've really really enjoyed it i think it's the best crossover they've done so far but the big thing here is that in the last episode or actually i should say this i have not seen the very last episodes i can't i can't spoil you on episode five because i have not seen it but i have seen episode four and it's the arrow episode and of course this episode's pretty huge because it's a big send-off for spoiler alert the green arrow oliver queen this is Stephen amell's at least for now his last appearance in the arrowverse and it's a huge thing but there's something that happens with the flash that i was flabbergasted by could not believe it and apparently zach you have no idea what I, I'm talking i have about. been working a lot and so i really haven't been on the message boards as much as i used to and apparently my favorite meme pages have not given away any spoilers yet and i've heard you like insert spoiler into your your facebook thread before like your facebook feed you said I, you know, I was really surprised when spoiler happened, but I, I don't know what this spoiler is that you speak of, like at all. Okay. Okay. So here's what we're gonna do tonight. So oh dear. You don't know. So miraculously, you don't know what's going to happen. I almost by some this, miracle. I, I like. I have not been spoiled by the TV show that I no longer watch. <laughs> but it's been everywhere. I've seen it online everywhere. Go Instagram, YouTube, whatever. It's this is already out. So I'm I'm surprised you haven't seen it. But since you haven't, I figure, why not do the quote of the night right now? We'll have something special in there, a quote from Chapter 4 of Crisis on mm -hmm. Infinite Earths. And we'll let you watch it right now. And then we'll come back and we'll get your reaction. Or maybe we'll even get your reaction if you have a visceral reaction like I did watching this. But I got the full scene. I sent it to you. It's completely unmarked. Oh, it's like a Google Drive. Interesting. I, uh, I disguised intrigued. it because the YouTube video, of course, is... Well, is yeah, it completely spoils it. Oh. So, interesting. Right. So, um, if you're ready, Zach, I'm ready. Let's see about this. Of course, spoilers, guys. This is a big spoiler. It's not a huge part of the episode, but it's something that happens that y you want to see this for yourself. So, uh, if you don't want to get spoiled, maybe don't listen to the next little bit. Go, go watch the episode and come back. But... Uh, Without further ado, Zach's going to react to tonight's Quote of the Night. Um, hello? What the hell is this? No. asking myself the same question. Literally. No, this, this can't be happening. This, you sh What are you doing here? Well, I'll tell you that when you tell me where here is. Is this cosplay? Oh, do you want a selfie, bro? No, no, I'm, no, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't, we're not, no. I'm also the Flash. You're also the what? The Flash? The Flash? The Flash? 
It's complicated. I like your outfit. It seems freaking comfy. Yours is pretty cool. Smooth. Seems safe. It's breathable. I'm Barry Allen. No! <laughs> what does that mean? How can this... This should be impossible now. It should be impossible now? You don't know about the... Oh my god, don't do this to me. I don't know about the what. You okay? Victor, this is possible. What does this mean? I, uh, how about that? I, ha! Son of a bitch! I like this league now. <laughs> I about jumped out of my skin when I saw this because I had no idea. What was I. I still, I'm, hmm. Uh, mm. Ah! Like, it's great. And yet also, like, feels like grasping at straws. Like, okay, we've run out of derivative content, so we've got to do something to shake it up. Oh, I got an idea. Let's put a lot of our budget into a guest appearance by the guy from the movies. But at the same time, like, wow. For so long, it felt like they would never reference each other. It was never something that would be actually possible. That, oh, yeah, you know, Henry Cavill showing up in you know Arrow or whatever. Like, you know, that's crazy talk. And, you know, any of these things. But, like, DC has the multiverse. Like, they can do stuff like this and make it make sense. So I should back up really quick and just explain what you just heard. So, in Crisis, basically, at this point in the story, all the universes, all the multiverse has been destroyed by an antimatter wave. And the characters that are left, including... Barry Allen, as played by Grant Gustin, are surviving in the, I think it's the vanishing point, and then they move into the Speed Force, and this is where we pick up with Barry, who ends up in Star Labs after getting a pep talk from uh, apparently undead Oliver Queen, and then you get this scene where he's just standing there, and he hears another voice, and then he turns around, and there is Barry Allen again, as played by Ezra Miller from... Uh, such films as Justice League. So uh, there you go. That's kind of the long and short of it, but uh, pretty amazing. Oh my gosh. Like, okay, so basically, like the whole reason that they did an Oliver Queen story instead of a Bruce Wayne story was because Warner didn't want to do those primary type characters. And then when they made, like, The Flash, it was like, oh, we've got this Flash, and we've got this Flash, and now (laughs) they've met each other. Like, I I don't know, I'm still, I'm torn on this scene, like, I genuinely am, because... I'm I'm happy that they're doing this. Like I'm I'm glad that they're trying to make amends for the giant cluster that their universe has been for the last 10 years. But at the same time, I feel like it just would have been such a smoother transition if they just casted Grant Gustin in the movies in the first place. 
Yeah, yeah. I, but I get that. I understand why they didn't do that. I mean, obviously, different caliber of actor you're dealing with, and also just the fact that you, what, know, you, mean, you can imagine you mean the Gustin's schedule. better. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe okay, so. Maybe honestly, that's what I meant. did you see what Miller was doing in that clip? He's like, "Oh, is this cosplay? Do you want a selfie, bro?" <laughs> yeah. I just dropped into a laboratory, and I think it's Comic-Con. Like, ugh. If you think about it, if you think about it, Grant Gustin has had way more experience playing that character than Ezra Miller ever well, yeah. has. Yeah, uh, or will ever hope to have. <laughs> yeah, because his movie his, keeps his getting delayed. His movie keeps getting delayed, and he was in, like, a fourth of Justice League. And made a brief cameo in Suicide Squad. Like, he's had almost no opportunity to actually flex his muscles. And what was the deal with him not even recognizing the name The Flash? Has he not called himself that yet? Apparently, in his universe, he's he's not referred to as so The Flash. So is he called The Red Wonder or something? I don't, <laughs> like... Well, he doesn't, he, I mean, his universe doesn't have Cisco Ramon. To give all the superheroes and villains names, so uh... well, but that's that's not. I mean, yeah, in the TV show, that's where he got it, but I'm sure that he got it from somewhere else in the comics. Yeah, I, I think uh, the show kind of goes into it as like he's called the the Crimson something the or another streak or something sure. like that. Yeah, something like that, but uh, it doesn't no, stick. No, of course not. But but I just I I I was I'm shocked that they did this. And I appreciate that they did this, um, regardless of the context and whatever else. It's just and the fact that they actually got it and it wasn't spoiled at all. Like you can tell, like they it wasn't a green screen job. Like they're there in the room and there's pictures of them next to each other. Um, it's just it's great. Well, I mean, bravo to to Warner and DC for actually feeling like they could pull something like that off and and uh the the most ambitious crossover ever d- d- dc just took marvel's beer did they really interesting interesting and you said it's a five episode arc spanning all of the different tv shows right so you've got uh i think uh started with supergirl went to oh, uh, uh, the flash and arrow and legends of tomorrow and there may be another one i'm missing but uh yeah they're covering all the shows and uh, it's already over they've already aired the last episode, I believe, which I have not seen, um, and I'm trying to avoid spoilers, but, uh, so I, I don't know any spoilers from that one. But, well, yeah. I mean, we, we've got a pretty good review from our friend Kenny in the chat, it says, Crisis on Infinite Earths was a fun DC TV crossover. I think that's a fair word to use. Like, it, it wasn't, fun. it wasn't necessarily, like, mind-blowing, it wasn't necessarily, like, going to to rock your world necessarily but from from what i've been able to tell it looks like it was just a fun ride yeah definitely that so were you surprised did i did i, I surprise was, you i was very pleasantly surprised i really when i when i saw oliver kind of fading away like that i was like okay what's going on here and <laughs> like i probably do need to go watch those episodes to get like the deeper context and meaning of what's going on but the 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 deeper context I don't really fully understand because at this point in this episode 
the entire universe, all the universes are now gone and destroyed, and Oliver Queen is dead. Interesting. So that just gives you a kind of a taste of like how weird it's gotten just in the, the fourth episode. So, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It sounds weird, but I like weird. And I'm probably going to end up watching a weird movie after we're done with this podcast because I was talking about those cheap B-flick horror films. And now I kind of want to watch one just so that I can laugh at it and well, call people stupid and throw popcorn at the screen and all that good stuff. I hear you. I hear you. Well, speaking of weird movies, we got a little trailer for a, a weird movie yeah, that's, that's coming out. And it also got a weird reaction from people because people didn't know what to I think, don't. especially when you had another little cameo, speaking of cameos, and a big one at the end I sure of this don't trailer. I to make of this. So we got the trailer for Morbius, which is the Marvel Comics character brought to life in a new film by Sony that's apparently supposed to be in the Venom-verse, if you will. Um, and so you've got Jared Leto in the title role, Michael Morbius, I believe is his name, and, you know, he's a living vampire or something. I don't know the backstory in this character. I really don't. Um, but Sony has the rights to him, so they're making a movie about him for their kind of universe. And so you go through this trailer, and it's kind of stuff that I'm not really, I'm not really, like, into it. Like, I'm not a big vampire person or a horror person, and this is definitely that kind of movie. And I know a lot of people are excited about it, so that's fine. But you get to the end. The end of this trailer is the most intriguing part, because who shows up but uh, Mr. Michael Keaton? And it's not just Michael Keaton, it is Michael Keaton playing, apparently, Adrian Toomes, a.k.a. the Vulture, from Spider-Man Homecoming. So, Sony apparently is trying to shoehorn this movie into the MCU. And it's got a lot of people trying to sneak it in through the back, something like that. I just... I don't I don't know what to make of this man. I really really don't like I I'm going to be perfectly honest and just come right out and say nothing about this movie intrigued me. I will like agree with that. I know that they were like meaning to drop this bomb that's like oh Michael Keaton's in there but when when I saw that I was just like oh they're grasping at straws. Like it it just it it feels so convoluted and messy that it just doesn't look like it's going to be worth my time or my money. It absolutely, like, throwing in Michael Keaton is absolutely, and doing it in the trailer, too, no less, is just a, oh, this really is in the MCU. This is, if you like the MCU, you're going to like this. And, like, we all know, we all are aware of the rights issues with between Sony and Marvel and the fact that Marvel does not own Spider-Man, does not own Tom Holland Spider-Man or, or probably any of the characters that appear in Homecoming um, and Far From Home. So you, we all know that going into this and then they throw it in there like, oh yeah, it's connected. Kevin Feige did not sign off on this. This is not, you know, they're just doing this to, hey, we've got a mediocre vampire movie that we want to sell to you to all the people that love Marvel. Well, here's, here's several problems that I have 
with this movie and with this trailer. Number one, the idea of a doctor slash scientist mixing bat DNA into his bloodstream in order to cure diseases. It just so happens to be his disease. But that particular storyline already exists in the DC universe in the form of the character Man Bat. So there's already a precedent set there. And I, I know that they don't have a whole lot of characters to go off of. But I didn't think of Morbius when I saw this. I thought of Man Bat. And I don't know which one came first. It could be a chicken egg situation. But honestly, I don't care. I knew more about Man Bat than I did about Morbius. And that's just as a casual observer, somebody who's watched a few movies, a few TV shows. And I watched the Batman animated series. And that's where I got to learn about Man Bat, Batman's nemesis. And it, it sounds stupid because it's like Batman versus Man Bat. It's like one of those weird MMA fights that you would see in the underground. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. But I, I don't think of Morbius when I think of that kind of stuff. I, 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 I really don't. And Jared Leto being cast in the title role. Look, I'm sorry, but you've already branded yourself as a not very good comic book movie actor when you botched your role as Mr. J in the DC universe. Like it, he yeah. does not have a good reputation among comics fans right now. And I don't feel like that was a good casting choice period. I don't care how great the role is. I don't care how great the movie turns out to be. I don't like the casting decision of Jared Leto. They DC went ahead and made an entire Harley Quinn movie sans Mr. J because nobody likes Jared Leto as the Joker. <laughs> Literally, we're getting Birds of Prey and Jared Leto is nowhere Birds to be seen. Birds of Prey movie because nobody liked Leto as the Joker. Nobody's gonna like him as Morbius. I, I don't. I don't care I how just, much he resembles the, the character in the comics. I don't care. You can get any other actor to grow his hair out. You don't have to get Jared Leto just because he looks like Mufasa. <laughs> I just love the, the comments that this has garnered in regards to people saying, oh, well, you, you still can't keep the Joker and Batman away from each other. Um, you end up uh, Michael Keaton's Batman meeting Jared Leto's Joker. I don't care. Joker. I don't care. If that's the best storyline that Morbius has got going for itself, it's in deep trouble, man. Yeah, there's not there's not much about this movie that really uh, interests me at got, all other than other than the Michael Keaton and like I know that's a trap. I know they're just doing it just to get people yeah, like me interested. Yep, it's a trap. Also, the the poster that we saw of Spider-Man, I believe some people have pointed out that that's from the video game, is it not? It is either from the video game or it's Tobey Maguire's spider So, again, it's like a different part of the universe. It was... Which I guess you could you could say, like, okay, it's a artist rendition of Spider-Man. It's not meant to be. Because it has murderer spray-painted on it, which is a tie-in to Far From Home, him being accused of the attacks on London, killing Mysterio, all that kind of stuff. I have no doubt that they will be referencing stuff from Spider-Man. Maybe they may even throw in Tom Holland. I don't know. But, like, it's going to be a one-way street because 
there's no way this there's no way we're going to see Jared Leto as Michael Morbius in an Avengers movie at some point. It's no. not going to happen. This is this is totally Sony's thing and they're just doing it just to literally ride the coattails of the MCU. Well, they're doing it because they feel like it's the only way they're they're going to get money. Like this and like, they're probably this right. Is, this is where they've got content from, so they're just going to pump out these subpar action flicks because everybody loves actions and explosions and loves seeing the Marvel logo on it, even if it says, like, in association with Marvel. Nobody cares about the in association with. They just see the Marvel logo slapped on something, and they're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go watch that. Like... People that are just casual MCU fans and don't really follow the comprehensive state of the movie universe are going to be so confused when they get out of this movie and they think, huh, so this is what happens after Endgame? Where is everybody? <laughs> like, it's yeah. not a part of the MCU. It's not going to be part of the MCU. It will never be part of the MCU. And... Jared Leto as the lead role in a superhero film is a bad idea. Why did Sony not learn the lesson that Warner Brothers had to figure out the hard way? It's just it it yeah. makes me kind of frustrated because I look at the industry and I look at the decisions that they make and I think how are you people in charge? <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Yeah, I I don't know where they're trying to go with this. I don't know what this means for the MCU. I don't think it means much for for the MCU. I think it means something for these characters. And I think Sony is just going to keep doing this stuff until they feel like they don't need the uh the MCU anymore and they're just going to pull out which makes me like I haven't seen Venom as a protest to Sony. And their 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 control of Spider Man. That that's I don't just necessarily me. know if I've been protesting. I just haven't gotten around to it. Our it, it's it's part our, it's part our, of that our friend too. Sage from from uh, Star Wars Wastelands. Now, well, it's now defunct Star Wars Wastelands. He's got a new program that he just started up, but he's also got a kid. So, you know, life happens. Right. But uh, Sean from Fandom City said that he liked it. He said it was a good film, that Tom Hardy did a good job with, with what he had and had some really intriguing parts and made Venom a lot more interesting than the one that we saw in Spider-Man 3. But that's yeah, not saying much because the Venom in Spider-Man 3 sucked ass. <laughs> um, and it's funny. I've heard a lot of good things about Venom, and which is interesting because I felt like Seem like they would be trying to tie in with that, and they do mention Venom, but there's no like tie-in with it. There's no Tom Hardy cameo or anything right. like that. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I, this is supposed to be in the same universe. Obviously, they're kind of developing this whole universe. I think part of the new deal that kept Spider-Man on for Spider-Man Three was that he could appear in Venom sequels. So that's probably going to happen. And they got Andy Serkis doing that. It's probably going to be good, but I'm not interested. I'm not. I'm just not. I there there are some things that I just kind of evaluated and I think, okay, that might be worth my time. Okay, that is not worth my time. And here here's the deal, dude. I don't mean to make this sound pretentious, but there's just 
a lot of plates that I'm juggling right now. And I know that that's true for a lot of other people. You're balancing work life with your ability to go out and watch a movie or to even sit down and binge a TV series. And you have to be very selective about what it is that you think is worth your time. Because if you're working a job that is, say, $15 an hour and you go watch a movie for three hours, that's 45 bucks that you didn't make from working. Like, in <laughs> yeah. in this super capitalist American era, if you're giving up three hours of your day to go and watch a movie or to sit down and watch a TV series, that is money that is not going towards working or generating income or being with family and loved ones unless you're actually at the movies with them like i don't mean to sound political right now but it's a reality that we live in right now if you if you are not spending those hours making money then you need to make sure that those hours you're spending not making money are worth it for me watching the extended edition lord of the rings is totally worth it freaking (laughs) love that movie I just don't have four hours that I can really commit to at any given time. Because in four hours, I could be cleaning the house. I could have played a quick video game. I could have made a really nice dinner. I could have gone shopping. I could have seen friends. Not the TV show, like actual people. I go out and socialize sometimes. But there are so many other things that you can do in four hours. There are so many other things you can do in two and a half, three hours, whatever. You've got to make sure that it's worth it. And Avengers Endgame, worth it. Lord of the Rings, worth it. Rise of Skywalker, jury's still out. (laughs) Kidding, of course, but I know there are a lot of people who would think that the jury's still out on, on Rise of Skywalker. Morbius, the fact of the matter is, Morbius is not worth my time. Nah, it's nah. it's pass as they as they say on the internet webs right hard pass right like it, it's worth it to, to talk about it and, and see what kind of potential it has and I think we can both safely assume it has no potential yeah I'll just watch the Michael Keaton scene on exactly YouTube when it comes out it'll it'll um, get leaked people but... will talk about it and we'll know that it actually had nothing to do with the MCU that Feige didn't green light it and we just kind of go on about our business. Morbius, I was not right. impressed with the trailer, was not impressed with the with the fan grabbing that they tried to do, and was not impressed with the casting choice. Don't really care for Jared Leto in a in a superhero type of, of situation. Even if it is meant to be more horror because he's a vampire or whatever, don't care. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, there is something that I think we are interested in, considering I believe it was on both of our lists last week, our top five most anticipated films of 2020. You should go listen to that if you haven't already. And it's a new-ish trailer. Trailer-ish, I should say, because it's kind of a special look. It's not super long, not a ton of new footage, but we did get a new trailer for Black Widow. And it's pretty good. I'm, 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 I'm getting more and more excited for this. It's, you know, May 1st. This comes out not too far away, and uh, this one actually looks good. And yes, it's in the MCU. There's no <laughs> question here. No, uh, no speculation on this. Like, uh, 
okay, okay. Um, you're right. It's it's about ninety seconds. It's not it's not a super long uh, trailer, but you do kind of get a little bit more depth as to what um, what's going on in this. You do get um, you do get a new character with a shield that's fighting towards the second half of this trailer, and they're like, "Who is he?" And they don't reveal it. So a little bit of mystery going on. It's a taskmaster. His name is tax taskmaster. Oh, oh man, tax he's master. from the IRS. I am scared now. That's that the most terrifying villain Marvel has ever <laughs> created. The taskmaster. <laughs> I'm here to do your taxes. Oh my god. No, no, worse. Here's he, he's here to make you fill out your W2s. I'm with the IRS. <laughs> no, no. Say it isn't so. <laughs> do you remember Veggie Tales? I've never actually watched Vizzy Tales outside oh, of the memes. Oh, man, there's a Christmas special from the late 90s where these different vegetable characters show up at somebody's house on Christmas Eve, and one of them is a bank robber. And 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 oh, the, the, the host sings to him, and he's like, I don't have money, but I have cookies. You may have a cookie. It's for Santa, but you can have a cookie. And then he gets a visit from a Viking. Like, a, a, like he's wearing a Viking helmet with horns and everything. And he's like, oh, dear Viking, sir, I don't have land that you may conquer, but I have a cookie. It's meant for Santa, but you can have a cookie. And he's got three cookies. And he's got two guests. So he gives each one of them a cookie, and he's got one cookie left. He's still trying to save it for Santa. And he gets another knock on the door and he's like, Oh, could that be Santa? Maybe that's Santa. Never realizing that Santa's supposed to come down the chimney. He's not supposed to knock on your door, but you know, whatever <laughs> opens the door and it's a rep from the IRS. Oh my God. And he's like, I'm from the IRS and I've come to tax your, and it's like a holiday song. It's like, and I've come to tax your, and the next thing you hear, whoop, and the door shuts in his face. <laughs> Like, no, I will be nice to bank robbers. I will be nice to Vikings. I will be nice to Santa. But if a member from the IRS shows up at my house on Christmas Eve, I am slamming the damn door in your face. Got to draw the line somewhere. (laughs) Apparently. But when you said that, I don't know why, but my mind just instantly went to that Christmas episode of Veggie. Tax man. Oh man, and his hideaway is an H and R block. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, this is this is this is gold right here. Write this down. Where is DJ Crazy Train when we need him? Good uh, lord! I will say I was really excited to see a little bit more of David Harbor in action. Yes, I, absolutely. That he's one of the biggest like, things I'm looking dude, forward to. Dude, if I can't have more Stranger Things, at least give me Sheriff Hopper in a Russian outfit with a really thick, heavy Russian accent. Family back together again. Look, it, it, it look someone perhaps SNL needs to take full advantage of this and do some kind of split screen trickery where you have David Harbor playing against himself. 
one side is is uh, Sheriff Hopper and the other side is Alexi. They need, they need to have a dance and, off. Is what they need. And then, but Hopper is just like mm-hmm. as he does, but up until the point where he died, just literally just cursing the guy out. It's like he's just angry for no reason. I mean, Hopper's usually angry for no reason, anyways. <laughs> So he's just like, you're Alexi too, let's smirt off. <laughs> I suppose you want a Slurpee too. <laughs> That's what they need. They this movie has to have Alexi drinking a a, 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 a one of those a, a Slurpee. Seven Eleven. Like it has to. Do be. they even have Seven Eleven in Russia? I don't know. I don't know. There, there's going to be flashbacks here too, because. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on. He's like the cap. He's like the Captain America yep. of Russia. Yeah. So I'm I'm intrigued. I was already uh, intrigued. Like it's number four on my top five of movies that I'm ready for for 2020. Like I was already interested, but now I guess I'm a little more interested. I I want to see who this who this person is, what kind of a threat they pose. And I want to see if David Harbor can kick his ass. Like, I don't know. It, it just, that one looks like it could be worth it. I will admit though, the idea of a movie set between civil war and infinity war is only mildly interesting to me because now I know how things are going to play out. Well, yeah, that's a fair point. I think the, 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 the key thing here is that, Yes, we know where Black Widow ends up. We specifically we know where she dies and when she dies, but they've surrounded her with a bunch of new characters. Like I I would have fully expected Black, you know, uh you know, Hawkeye to be in this. But as far as we can tell right now, he's not. So, you know, there's 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 peril for the the other characters, which I assume characters like Alexi we will fall in love with over the course of uh, this show. Well, that should that should be interesting. Uh what was what was your biggest takeaway from from the new footage? Cuz for me it was just uh, when they when they leaned in and said you got fat. He's like it's mostly water weight. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I'm looking really forward to. And I know it's kind of cliche now, the whole Marvel humor thing. It can be over the top sometimes, but I, I, I really do. I mean, it. I still I, I just think, eat uh, it up, man. I don't, I, I don't even I care do anymore. Like, I, I just, I, I've learned to accept my fate and enjoy it for what it is, rather than critique it for what it's not. And I know that I literally just like drubbed Morbius into the ground. And then I'm like, eh, I'll take Black Widow in stride and see what happens. But here's the thing. The MCU has earned that right. Sony right. has not. The MCU has earned and... the right to experiment with their films, take it in different directions, see what works, see what doesn't, and move forward from it. Sony does not have that luxury. They have never had that luxury, nor will they ever. Yeah, and and like – the stuff like I don't go to the movies to be depressed. Like Morbius looks depressing. It you know there's just nothing like redeeming about it. Whereas like I go to Black Widow, I know I'm gonna be thrilled. I'm gonna laugh a little bit, and I'm gonna have a good time. 
And I don't know, maybe I'm completely casting judgment on Morbius un- unwillingly, but like it, it just like Black Widow is a movie, and and it how the tone and everything is right up my alley in regards to just you know having a good time, and you know Lexi's gonna be cracking jokes every five minutes, and it's gonna be hilarious, but he's also gonna be a, this badass character that's you know breaking people's arms every five seconds, like it's gonna be great. We can hope. We can hope. Black Widow comes out into theaters on May the 1st, so as soon as your summer is ready to kick off, uh, you'll be in prime position to uh, go check out that film. It'll probably be out there for at least a month or two, so if you can't see it like on opening weekend, although we recommend that you do, uh, you'll probably be able to see it sometime during the summer break, the, first, the early end of summer break. So, uh, yeah, be sure to go and right. have a look at that. May the first, twenty twenty. One of the one of the first big blockbusters that we're expecting to see this year, but definitely not the last. I have a feeling that Pixar's Onward is going to be a bit of a blockbuster as well. Just, just given the That's way fair. that they're pitching it, the way that they're uh, promoting it. Um, did you see that Missing Link won the Golden Globe for Best Animated Film? I think it's, I did see that. I mean, it looked good. I'm not. I'm not criticizing the, the the choice. It's just fascinating to me that for once it wasn't a Disney or a Pixar film that ended up getting the nod. You know, Toy, Toy Story snubs. Four got snubbed. I don't. I don't know. But yeah, be sure to go yeah. check those out and be sure to stick with us. We're gonna take a short break and come back and go over a couple of news articles that have come up. Uh, and just see some of the interesting stuff that's been coming from other universes as well. We took a look at Marvel, took a look at DC, going to take a look at Star Wars as well, and going to take a look at uh, some of the stuff that's going on in the uh, Star Trek universe too. All that and more on the flip side of this little ad break on the IPC podcast. Don't go anywhere. This is IPC. Greetings, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I have drifted into the underworld. The Star Wars underworld. I have a bad feeling about this. Hey y'all, this is Ben Hart here. I know y'all just heard me on the IPC talking all things geeky and fun. Now I'm here to tell y'all about my other podcast. It's called The Star Wars Underworld, about all things Star Wars. We talk Star Wars The Clone Wars, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Star Wars Last Jedi, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and so much more. I record it with my friends Chris and Dominic, who are here to tell y'all all about it. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ben. I'm so excited to talk about Star Wars this week. It's fun. It's funny. We're going to have a great time. Hey, guys, I am so nostalgic for mall packaging, and I love being on the Star Wars Underworld podcast talking all the latest Star Wars news. Well, now that y'all had a little taste of the show and you know what to expect, you should check out more episodes by going to StarWarsUnderworld.com or by searching for the show on the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, the Google Play, and all sorts of things. And may the Force be with y'all. It's a wrap, eh? 
All right, we're back with our newsreel slash TV slash general discussion episode of the Ice. A little bit of it's everything. A, it's a jack of all trades night, and uh, we got some more different universes to talk about, including Star Wars, Star Trek, and some interesting developments from the MCU. But before we do that, a thank you to our patrons who help keep us afloat here on the show. Uh, the people who contribute financially on a regular basis, like Joey Mays, Jake Damon, Rachel Perry, Dan Grievous, Parker Ott, and Carrie Fleming. You all help keep the lights on and help us make sure that we can take care of our Podbean subscription and just a little bit more than that. But there's always room for more members of the family, so if you're interested in helping us out financially and getting some special benefits, including shout-outs like you just heard on the show, top billing for our top five episodes that we do on a regular basis, uh, benefits such as membership to an exclusive Facebook club that we've got and access to our entire library of episodes. Go back four years and listen to us talk about the Indiana Jones films if you want to. And you can do all that by being a patron of our program. Just going to patron.podbean.com forward slash IPC podcast. There is no layer no level higher than just five bucks per month. So if you're willing to give up one latte to help take care of programming such as ours, we would love to have, have all the help we can get here at the IPC family. Thank you to those who contribute and thank you to those who are considering it. Even if you're just thinking about helping us out, we still appreciate that too. Although a couple extra dollars, we would never turn away. <laughs> Hey, if you want to send us more money, just send yeah. us a check. Yeah, you can make it out to the IPC podcast. We're a 501c3. No, we're totally not. Okay. <laughs> I was getting ready to go into another spiel and just like totally lie my ass off, but I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, man. We are oh not a 501c3. Gosh. You cannot make checks out to us. Please don't do that. But we do uh, we do appreciate all the support going back into the news stuff now uh an interesting development that happened in the mcu we were just talking about the black widow trailer one of the other upcoming features that we can expect is doctor strange in the multiverse of madness however it has recently come to light according to the hollywood reporter that scott derrickson the director of Multiverse of Madness, and I believe he was the director of the first Doctor Strange film. He, he yes, has he was. exited the project due to what is being described as creative differences. Yeah, this is uh, it's disappointing to hear because I'm really looking forward to this movie, and I, I was looking forward to seeing him do something with it. Um, and obviously, you know, being the director, I think he, he seemed to be, I think he even introduced it. I think he was up at either Comic-Con or D23 uh, introducing it. And, you know, having him kind of fall out, and this is not the first director of a Marvel film to kind of drop out, you know, mid-development. So it's kind of, you know, it's like, okay, what's going on here? Obviously, they're butting heads over yep. creative differences. This is supposed to be a really big movie for Marvel, their first real uh, delving into you know, horror and stuff like that, a sc actual scary yeah. Marvel film, and, you know, going to be dealing with not only Stephen Strange, but uh, Scarlet Witch and all that kind of stuff, and tying in directly with WandaVision. So it, it looks really good, and 
I don't know. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing because on one hand, I see it like the original director who who helped develop it is walking away, and you know we may not get the movie that we could have gotten. But at the same time, I wasn't the hugest fan of the first. No, Doctor I wasn't Strange. either. So I'm, I you know, it, it, I feel like Scott Derrickson. No disrespect to the guy. I mean, he did well enough, but I feel like getting some new blood into the system might actually help this film be, feel better because I feel like Thor, just as an example, I feel is, is a franchise that really shows is like they, they kind of had some vanilla movie with some vanilla directors, and in my opinion, and then they chose Neapolitan with, with Taika Waititi and knocked it out of the park with Thor Ragnarok and gave that franchise a kick a swift kick in the butt and made it one of the the best movies, you know, in the MCU. So I'm wondering if maybe this is a good thing. Well, in his tweet that he posted, he says that uh, he's going to stay on as an executive producer. So he's just not directing the scenes anymore, but he still has a pretty heavy hand in the content and the way that things are going. Did he write I'm the first one? Sure. Is he... I don't know if he was supposed to write this or just direct it. I mean, but still, I mean, I think legally speaking, he would have to, you know, be credited, you know, in the same way that uh, Colin Trevorrow and, and was credited on The Rise of Skywalker because he was directly involved with the kind of early development, as you can hear on the latest Star Wars Underworld podcast, but that's not really <laughs> the story. But, uh, you know, that's 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 the that's whole thing with that. That's though. But... Yeah, yeah. Three hour episode where we break down the entire the entire Trevorrow script. That I was wish fun. I'd been a part of that. Um, I actually kind of enjoyed man. the stuff that I read about what Colin had in in his in his original pitch. Not saying it would have been better or worse, but definitely would have had some thoughts. But if you guys want to hear plenty of thoughts, then go check out the SWU podcast. Like Ben said, three hours worth of thoughts to be had over there. Right, right. Um, let's. See. I'm just looking at. I was looking at uh, seeing who actually wrote the first Doctor Strange film, and I can't. I can't find that information. Um, I think Scott Derrickson did, but uh, yeah. And obviously, uh, I type in writer into Google, and it's like Stan Lee. I'm like, yeah, I know Stan Lee <laughs> created him. <laughs> you know, Steve Ditko, Stan Lee, like the given. I know that. I'm talking about the movie. Uh, you maybe you have to do like screenplay or something like that. Screenwriter, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Still oh. not give me anything. That's uh, what happens. That was, that's what happens when oh, you try well. and BS something, and you're like stalling to try and see if you can come up with the answers while you're on the air, but then it just doesn't go your way. It happens. Right. But you were, you were talking right. about well, uh, Taika Waititi reviving the Thor franchise. What do you make of the of the rumors that he he's in talks to help with the uh, with the Star Wars franchise now? I am so excited because I have been pretty much on repeat watching the the latest episode of the Mandalorian, or should I say, the last episode of season mm-hmm. one of the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. uh, Redemption, and that is one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars right now. And it, Taika Waititi, of course, directed that. He was the voice of IG Eleven, and of course, I love Ragnarok. I love I love so much of his stuff. And I, I was saying, I believe I said this on Radio Razorcrest. If you to you guys who listen to that show. 
Um, give Taika Waititi a Star Wars film, please. He did so well with The Mandalorian that I would love to see him take him on. And now, apparently, um, he's in talks, or at least Lucasfilm is, quote, courting him to do a movie. So, I think this is the perfect choice. I, I think, I, I am, personally, personally, and I agree with a lot of people that I would love to see a female director at this point in the game, you know, but if we're going to get a guy, I want Taika Waititi. That guy, I love him so much, and I think he would do great. I think he would really bring a new flavor and could, I, I, you know, not to say that I've disliked any of the new films. I think Rise of Skywalker is the closest to I've gotten to actually straight up disliking a Star Wars film, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. But they have kind of struggled with trying to think outside the box and, and do new things. I think Taika Waititi would be that director to, and writer to take it to another level and just do something completely outlandish and different, but also keeping with the tenets of Star Wars and have good messaging in it and just so much good stuff that's underneath all the layers. What part of the Star Wars universe would you see him directing? And see, that's the thing, and I don't know. I think, obviously... You have to have the comedic element in there. I think, you know, you don't bring Taika Waititi without it being at least a little bit funny. And I'm always for more humor in Star Wars. Um, but, like, the era, like, we're having all these rumors about the High Republic era coming up. And this being, like, five, six hundred years before The Phantom Menace. And, I mean, anything is possible there. But, like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, what could he do? Like, he just did Star Wars with... Uh, a Mandalorian and a, and a rebel and a, and a baby Yoda having an adventure like, you know, he did that. He can pretty much do anything like, you know, and then he's just got Oscar nominations for uh, playing Hitler. So like, like, is there really any restrictions on this guy? I would like to see him. I don't know. I, I love the idea of like a Jedi Academy story and like getting into that and, um, getting into the Jedi and especially the older public, and he he might bring an interesting flair to that. He might actually do something really interesting with the Jedi, and kind of, you know, getting them at their height before they kind of make the fall in the older public. It's possible. And what the interesting thing is, we've gotten a smuggler movie with Han Solo, and we've gotten a bounty hunter right. TV show with The Mandalorian. So some of the fringe world type stuff has already been covered you know if you're looking at covering something from the outer rim if you're looking at exploring some other element that's not like jedi versus sith you don't really want to give taika watiti anything that's related to like politics that's really not his game his his game is I mean, it's basically everything that you see in Thor Ragnarok. It has to do with spectacle. It has to do with tough situations that the characters get put in, uh, very human reactions to things that happen, and just the, the, the type of, of characters that get cast and the way that they're able to build chemistry. If you're talking about people building chemistry if you're talking about human responses and circumstances and if you're talking about you know something that is not necessarily you know a, a bounty hunter or smuggler then 
yeah, I could see something in the Academy. I could also see something with maybe an assassin. That that's one mm-hmm. that's one aspect that we haven't seen that much is, you know, how does being an assassin differ from being a bounty hunter? What are what are those differences? We've seen Aura Singh and they've been talked about in the underworld and things like that. But, you know, what does it mean to to be an assassin in Star Wars? The other thing is here's something that's really out there. But what about I, I know that this wouldn't be like the movie that he's got, but I would really be interested in seeing Taika be the head man of maybe a series that's set in a cantina. Almost Ooh. like a Star Wars Cheers, if you will. Where different like aliens that. come in and out different jobs get discussed, different fights kind of break out, where you get to experience diversity and comedy all kind of blended into one situation. You see bounty hunters, you see smugglers, you see crime lords, you see assassins, you see musicians, you see people on the run from the law. Like, you end up seeing everything pass through this one place. And it's all headed up by freaking Dexter Jetster, for all I care. <laughs> I yeah, I I don't know. I'm just thinking back to, you know, Thor Ragnarok and even uh. the Mandalorian, like the stuff that he deals with in regards to, you know, obviously the the humor and the action is all stellar in that movie, but also there's some really great commentary. There's some really great deeper themes about family and about, you know, you know, Asgard's not a place, yeah, it's a people. And, you know, Thor having this long, this big arc about rediscovering kind of his family's history and understanding that, you know, his father wasn't always a good dude and, you know, was kind of did some horrible things and finding out he has a sister and the kind of meta commentary on like colonialism and stuff like that. There's like, there's a, there's so many layers to that movie that it, I, I don't think it even gets cr- enough credit for like how deep it is as a Marvel film. Cause I think people are like, Oh, they're just big, dumb action movies. No, Ragnarok is anything but. And so I would love to see him kind of dig into star Wars and get into the, because I think Star Wars, what I love about Star Wars the most is that, yes, it's fun, it's funny, it's an all-around good time, as a wise man once said, but it's <laughs> also very deep wait, and very emotional wait, and very... Wait a second. As, as, it took as a minute a to sink in, didn't it? Once said, you mean a wise ass? <laughs> uh, something like that. <laughs> way to be self-referential there, Mr. Hart. <laughs> That wasn't me. That wasn't me. I'm talking about. I'm talking, talking about DJ talking Crazy about Train DJ here. Crazy Train, but oh my gosh, that's oh man. I'm telling you're, you, you're every time you're your own I, podcast. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I just give it throwing a bone. You know, it's like the Marvel universe. It's in the another, podcast universe. Another, yeah. So basically, what you're saying then is, our uh, Endgame pod last year was Crisis on Infinite Earths for podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, we have two annual crossovers. We have one for Marvel, one for Star Wars, and uh, yeah. Are we going to have an annual Marvel crossover this year, though? Or even... We don't have a we don't have a Marvel movie or a Star well, Wars movie we this have, year. Well, we have we have Marvel movies, but 
We'll get together for Morbius. Oh Morbius I would, pod. I would get together to drink over Morbius. Like, anytime Jared Leto says a sentence fewer than seven words, we take a shot. <laughs> and it's yeah, too really, die. honestly. But. Oh, my gosh. But getting back to Watiti, I can't wait for this. I hope he takes the job. He's been teasing this on Twitter. He's been posting rumors on Twitter. So uh, who knows? But I really hope he takes the job and, and does this because it would be do you, incredible. Do you think that? He'll be part of that High Republic trilogy, or do you think that he'll get a standalone, kind of like what Edward's got? I don't know. I don't know what the structure is going to be because they keep talking about this series that the Game of Thrones guys were going to do, and then they they were fired. But uh, but then Kevin Feige is supposed to be working on like a standalone movie, but they're talking about it as like it's not going to be a series of like a trilogy is going to be like a series of like standalone movies so i'm thinking maybe like they'll get just having in the same era and have different filmmakers doing different kind of stories but they'll all be kind of telling the same story overall and maybe you'll have you know a ryan johnson movie and then you'll have that followed up by taika waititi movie and then a, a john Fav- john favreau movie and a dave filoni movie or whatever see this is where i feel like the outer rim universe would be really really good because you could have like a movie for different characters like Din Djarin or Han Solo or or whatever and eventually you're able to find a way to bring them together like that whole that whole little tease that they left at the end of Solo about a big shot gangster putting together a crew like that's the that's the next thing and like you encounter a couple of new characters there and then you have a movie that you know somebody was off doing this job because they they didn't want this other job that everybody else was on but they're going to take the next one and just so happens that Han and Chewie and whoever else they're all taking that job and it kind of becomes like a like an Avengers of the Star Wars universe where you're bringing all together and it's all yeah. happening in one big film like what? What if hypothetically, like I'm just thinking, like you have the first movie and it's about you know a bounty hunter gang and they're and they're you know in the old republic and they're doing a heist or whatever and it's just it's just them. There's no cameos, no nothing. It's just them doing a job. It's you know one and done. They develop those characters and they they go all right off in the sunset. And the next movie is about Jedi and it's going to the going to Coruscant and maybe Yoda's there or whatever and you know it's a whole big thing. And then you go to something else in the next movie. And then maybe in the fourth film, you come back and go, oh, no, 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 this is all leading up to something. And, like, you take all those characters, you mash them into one big movie at the end, and you can have a big crossover and pay it off to where it's in the same universe. We know this is Star Wars, but we didn't know it was going to lead up to a big crossover that would, like, you know, like, say, for example, Sean, our good buddy Sean, is like, Oh, they're gonna do Mandalorian Wars. They're gonna go into that because we already have that established with, you know, the backstory. Oh, like that would be interesting. Like what? Yeah. So, I may be one of the few people in existence who just cannot stand Kotor for any reason at all. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I've also not really played I the game or anything. So. That's the problem with me is I haven't played it, and I don't need to play it. 
like <laughs> the the I'm not even gonna get into it because I'm just gonna get a lot of hate for it. But it's just it's not something that I feel like needs to exist. <laughs> like I know that sounds harsh, but well, technically it doesn't anymore because right, it's not canon. But I mean, there are a lot of Legends books that I do feel need to exist, but that's another story for another time. Uh, let let's go to a, let's go to a different universe. Before we do that, real quick, I think it's worth mentioning that uh, Build a Bear is gonna give you the opportunity to make your own Baby Yoda sometime soon, which is pretty cool. Finally, Baby Yoda toys. The internet begged them for it, and they're finally doing it. And yeah, apparently, Build a Bear has signed a deal with Lucasfilm to do Baby Yoda or the Child, as he's officially called. And apparently, Taika Waititi says he has a name, but they haven't revealed it yet. So. Uh, I don't know, maybe he'll have officially. I mean, we can stop calling him Baby Yoda by the time we get this build. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, what I'm really waiting for is a Baby Yoda Snapchat filter. That, you're right. You've got the ears and everything like that. Why, Why haven't, haven't they done, they done a Baby Yoda Snapchat filter? Get on that. Get on that, Lucasfilm. Get on that Snapchat. Amen to that. But uh, as you said, another universe out there, we've got some news coming from the Trek side yeah. of things. don't know what's going and... on in the Trek cinematic universe right now. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm not... I kind of read through this. I'm not... I haven't been keeping up with this lately, but I've been kind of casually following what's been going on with Trek movies. And, and you can read this for yourself over at trekmovie.com, which is a, a, a site that I frequent to getting uh, Trek, Trek news. And so... A while back, I think they had the announcement that Noah Hawley had signed on to write another Star Mm -hmm. Trek film. And so apparently that's been going on. He's been writing that. And he was recently interviewed by Deadline because apparently I think he worked on Fargo season four. Uh And that's coming up. And so he said um, that basically in so many words that you can't really call this Star Trek four. It's not going to be necessarily a continuation of where they left off and beyond. And what he's talking about is essentially all new characters, possibly not even in the Kelvin universe. Sounds like they may be going back to the original timeline, which which Discovery's in and, and a bunch of the new stuff is in. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on because we've had the, the rumors about the Tarantino film and apparently he came out and recently and said he's not doing that so i don't know what the hell is happening like it's good to have star trek back on tv but like i would like to have some new star trek movies but it's just it seems to be all over the place. Uh, yeah and honestly it was the tarantino film that i was most interested in so i really i don't know a whole lot about what's going on with holly and i really i really don't know where he's trying to take it because i know that there's been some contract negotiation issues with um the with the stars of the uh, first three Star Trek films and I know that you know this one oh excuse me oh it just snuck up on me yeah it's late <laughs> um yeah it is I, I know that um he he's saying this one really shouldn't be called Star Trek 4 because he's putting his own spin on it putting his own take on it but what does that mean does that mean that it's going to be like Star Trek Below Decks where 
you're just seeing like lower ranking officers or we're seeing a completely different ship with completely new characters does that mean it's a, a part of the timeline that will not conflict with anything else that exists in the universe so that we don't have those types of questions you know pertaining to discovery or Picard or whatever else that's going to be put out there it seems very isolated it seems very standalone and standoffish and I know that when you're doing an interview like this you're supposed to be vague but like this type of vague is just so that way it's just it's just so vague I'm tired of saying (laughs) the word vague okay it's it's so vague that it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is he's trying to do and what story he's trying to tell. Obviously, CBS and and Paramount felt like it was good enough to actually try and produce it, but we really don't have any idea what that is or what he's going to try and do with it. So, I mean, I I really don't know. I really don't know why this was an article to be honest like why did you have to make a whole article saying we don't know what he's doing <laughs> like right. I I wish I wish there was a little more to this because really all he said is that it's a misnomer I have my own take on the franchise as a lifelong fan okay so you're a lifelong fan you've got the opportunity of a lifetime to make an actual Star Trek film what are you going to do with it oh I'm not going to tell you it's a secret <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, and there's so many things that it could be oh, sure. in regards to different universe. Is it Kelvin timeline? Is it original timeline? You know, was it going to be fine? Like, like I take this as almost like, is it going to be like the next next generation? Are we going to be doing like the Enterprise in the far future? You know, with a completely different crew? Well, I don't. Know. Here's the thing. Do you do you know much about what's happened in Discovery? I heard a little bit. I am very well. Much I mean, that. I am too. I didn't watch anything of the second season, and I don't think I finished the first season all the way. But spoilers mm. happened, and I found out that Discovery actually somehow jumped hundreds of years into the future. What? You didn't know that? No, it, I didn't sorry, know that. It. Uh... No, no, I, I, I don't, I don't care about spoilers. Like you know, stuff's it, out there floating around. Apparently, the um, ship went. Through some sort of vortex or whatever, and it ended up like centuries in the future. Wow. Okay. So then everything makes sense now. See, I heard about the mirror universe and all this kind of stuff, and all that kind of stuff happening. I kind of know some of the spoilers from season one. I'm gonna have to catch up now. Yeah. Season three is basically gonna be the crew trying to figure out how to recreate the incident so they can get back to their time. But right now, Michael and the rest of the crew. They're like, I don't even know how many hundreds of years in front of everything else in the timeline. So if we're going that far in front, we actually have to kind of bookend it between Picard, which is set after Voyager, and now Discovery, which is set hundreds of years after everything, and also a decade before the original series. Like, (laughs) like simultaneously. Oh, it's it's very convoluted. I I will agree with you though that uh, the content that is being pumped out from CBS All Access seems to be a little bit more of a forerunner as far as better content. Because 
Discovery's getting season three and Picard debuts next week. And um, the the higher ups have already renewed it for a second season. Wow. Yeah, I've I've seen. Have you seen the photos of Jerry Ryan going around on like the subway and stuff like that? And she's just like geeking out. She sees giant billboards of herself. Dude, it's been so long since she's been in the game. Like, like she didn't do any of the movies. And Voyager finished like almost twenty years ago. And so to like wow. it had its twenty fifth anniversary. Like, its debut of his 25th anniversary, like, a couple of days ago. But she wasn't there from day yeah. one. She jumped in, like, around season three or something like that. Season three or season four. And then she saw it through to the end. So, it's probably been about 15 or 16, maybe 17 years since she's gotten to be Seven of Nine. And it's probably been about that long since Patrick Stewart got to play the role of Picard, either. So... I mean, this is this is an opportunity for a lot of people to kind of revitalize their acting careers and, you know, revisit some some material that's very familiar to them. And I think it's got a lot of potential. I'm definitely looking forward to Picard a lot more than whatever is coming from Holly's Star Trek for misnomer. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Picard, and I haven't even seen Next Generation. Oh man, I, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got them on DVD. If I had a digital download, I'd send it to you. <laughs> like, well, I think aren't they aren't they on Netflix? Uh, or maybe, but not for long because they're getting ready to put everything on CBS All Access. Oh yeah, see, as soon as I want to watch it, that's where they're gonna move it. Like, it's never like there right. when you need it. Mm, that's me with friends. <laughs> oh boy well eventually one day i'm I'm just gonna have to um i'll have to find some way oh well as a, a great philosopher once said life uh finds a way exactly that also exactly that um saw today that disney plus renewed the world according to jeff goldblum for a second season yeah yeah more, so, goldblum. more goldblum so uh, we're getting more more mando and more goldblums it's oh, all good i'm excited uh, I'm also so excited for our next segment because this ended up turning into a two-parter, which is really cool. We already did the quote of the night, so we're jumping into this uh, this particular segment uh, a little bit more abruptly than we usually do, but that's because there's more to talk about. So, folks, if you are listening live in the chat, which I know a couple of you are, some people have been hopping in and out, but I know George is here, I know Kenny's here. Thank you guys for tuning in live with us on channel1138.com. Uh, if you're listening live, then start getting out your hashtags. If you're listening on social media, make sure to use that hashtag so that we can check in on you. We do that probably two or three times a year just to get caught up on all the times that that hashtag's been used. But it's time to use it one more time in a very special traveling edition of everybody's favorite IPC segment, hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 Barbecue! 
I still get a chuckle from that anecdote that you shared with us a couple of weeks ago when we were doing our top five Goldblum films and you're like, I watched Independence Day and I heard Will Smith shout out, I could have been in a barbecue. <laughs> and you're like, wait a second. That sounds familiar. <laughs> oh man. That is that. Just, that's no, the classic. No so classic. I, I so spent good. so much time making that little clip. <laughs> like, um, there was, there was a, a, uh, trailer for something from the Arrowverse and it had Ray Palmer saying just watch Uh and I just I narrowed it down I trimmed I I, I clipped it all the way down to where it wasn't anything else from the trailer except Ray Palmer saying watch I cut out just and just put in watch and so we had someone saying barbecue and then Ray Palmer saying watch and it turned into barbecue watch and it just kind of took off from there it's it's really it's really impressive to think like normally speaking you're like oh you'd record something yourself saying it but like you went out of your way to find like all these clips from different different movies and stuff like that which is totally on point for us to uh to make barbecue yep. watch which is what we're going to be not talking oh, about tonight oh really <laughs> I'm not what what I what I talk about. So I've committed to this Vegas okay. thing, this uh, talking about what we got in Vegas, and maybe I'll extend it out to some other things if I can find some information and remember what, what we actually got. But uh, last week I told you about Guy Fieri's restaurant yes. in Las Vegas. Yes, and what we got there, and I told you yes. what my dad got, which was these really good ribs. That were had some sauce on them, what? and uh, they were pretty darn good. What ribs? What have sauce? I know, oh, crazy, what a novel right? Concept. <laughs> but uh, so those are really good, surprisingly good for you know, like I said, a, a restaurant that doesn't specialize with ribs. They were they were pretty tasty, and they impressed us. But uh, what I had was pretty darn cool. I'm not going to talk about that tonight, though. Oh, my I'm gosh. We're going to have a part suspense. three next week, aren't we? So yep, yep. T- tonight uh, you're talking about what out. your mom had, aren't you? Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. Gosh, yes. you so... sneaky son of a... Mm. It's, it's, like, it's like that <laughs> so... meme from Rick and Morty. You son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> so what my mom got um, was this thing, and I won't, I won't actually say what it is. I'm just going to say how it came out. It came out in this on a plate... And on top of the plate was this, like, can. The best way I can describe it is, like, a can you, like, water plants with or something like that. Like, this thing with a handle on it. And it's, like, this circular thing that's about a foot tall, maybe. And so they bring it out, and I was like, "Where? where's my dinner? Like, this is weird. Like, what is this? And they're like, oh, one second. And they pull it up, and as the cylinder is pulled up, nachos drop out of the bottom of the thing and what? spread out on the plate. It's yeah. It's crazy. And so my mom loves nachos. And she she got the nachos and she's like, "Where's my nachos? What what is this?" And she got them and they were pretty darn good. Um I'm not sure exactly what's on them, some kind of meat, just all kinds of crazy stuff. Like this was like, you know, Guy Fieri, you know, he's from Flavor Town, y'all. He's all about that flavor and uh he 
presentation was fantastic at this place. Um, and the food was pretty darn good, too. Um, and the nachos were really interesting. And just the presentation really surprised me. I'm like, what yeah, the heck seriously, is this? seriously, like, you, you, you're, you order a plate of nachos and you get a watering can. Like, what? Like, I wish I could have got video of it because, like, we were all like, you didn't order that. What is this? You ordered nachos. They don't come in a can. Oh, my gosh. So, like, was it's like it had the cheese on it and everything, and you pull it off, and it's just like a plate of of chips and cheese and meat and stuff, and they had just somehow stuffed it up inside the can, and then they pull the can away, and it just drops onto the plate. Right. I'm going to try to send you a picture of this while I've got it up so uh, you can see, and maybe I'll post it somewhere else for you guys can see. But, you know, it's it's – it's maybe what you expect, but maybe not what you expect. Here we go. I'm sending it to Facebook right now. And, uh, yeah, there you go. And uh, you got some, like, garnishes on top of it, a little, like, flowery stuff. And, uh, you know, for coming out of a can, it looks really good, oh. really appetizing in the in the presentation. Interesting. Really yeah, I see some steak on there. I see like, some, Yeah. Uh, it looks like cucumber slices. That's different. That's that's the garnish you're talking yeah, about, right? Yeah, yeah there's right, some there's yes. some steak in there. There's some meat and some cheese. There's like it looks like two different kinds of cheeses. I see like a darker yellow and a brighter yellow, and I'm seeing what is that? Is that radish garnishing the top of it? I think that's what that is. Yeah, pink. yeah. And then are those little onion pieces that are kind of like like a like crispy onions? brought in around the melted cheese perhaps yeah. that that yeah, that does so. look pretty tasty but i can definitely imagine the surprise of like you've got that big old square plate and there's just like this thing sitting in the middle of it and it's like this is not what i ordered i'm gonna have to send it back and then they just pull it up and it's like oh, oh i'm just I'm just trying to wonder, like, how they prepared it because, like, they had to set this cylinder on top of a plate. Then they had to layer in the nachos and put the toppings in and do it in such a way that it would come out looking like nachos and not like a freaking casserole that that got mushed up. Well, they they must have practiced that. That must have been, like, a Guy Fieri specialty of some kind, and now they're just imitating it. But (laughs) I I bet – how how much of that did your mom end up eating? Like how how much of those nachos end up actually getting it? Um, I think she ate most of them. I I wasn't totally paying attention. I was focused on what I was eating, and uh, which I'm not gonna say what it was. But uh, yeah, it's it was pretty pretty intense, and uh, they looked pretty good. And um, I think she was. Pretty I mean, I'm pretty by impressed by them, and now I'm getting hungry. No thanks to you. <laughs> But lucky for me, I'm just a few minutes away from being able to order the breakfast menu off of Whataburger. It hits at 11 p.m., so oh, yeah. uh, I'm probably going to be heading over that direction. In- Whataburger oh, after man, dark. man, that is some of the best Whataburger. Uh, so maybe maybe I'll have to do like a barbecue watch from from a from a from my local Whataburger and do like a review of the honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich or something. Ooh, yeah. I mean, you haven't had that, that yet? It's good. It's... No. no. But I think good. tonight I'm more in the mood for a patty melt. We'll see. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to see pictures of Ben's barbecue excursions and all those other adventures that he goes on, be sure to find him on social media at Ben Hart with no E, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
If you want to keep up with my life, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as well at Zach, Z-A-C underscore D-F-W. And Ben, do you think maybe you can post that picture to uh, IPC's social media page as well? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I let you guys take a look, so uh, you know you're not just yeah, trying to imagine. Yeah, it so go uh, go find us on Facebook and Twitter, and maybe we'll pop it up on the Instagram feed as well at IPC Podcast on all three platforms. Be sure to go give us a follow there and give our uh, co-host Jake Damon a follow. He's on hiatus right now. Uh, haven't heard from him in about a week or two. Jake, hope you're doing okay, bud. But uh, go find him at Jake Damon or Jake W. Damon, depending on the social media platform that you're listening or following to. And uh, if you want to find previous episodes of this podcast, they can be found at StarWarsUnderworld.com, but they can also be found on Google Play and Apple Podcasts please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you have an alert every time a new episode launches and if you want access to our entire library everything that we've got then you can find that at ipcpodcast.podbean.com if you're interested in some ipc swag everything from a phone case to a sticker to a tote to a throw pillow to a t-shirt to a hoodie to a v-neck and everything else in between then go find us at tpublic.com slash user slash IPC podcast. That's T-E-E as in t-shirt, tpublic.com slash user slash IPC podcast. Heck oh, yeah. Man, I'm a little out of breath now. But we'll continue some awesome discussions next week and bring up Barbecue Part 3 from this Guy Fieri-themed restaurant that you guys went to. Vegas Barbecue Part 3 on the horizon, in addition to some other awesome IPC content. But, Ben, unless you've got anything else going on, I think that's going to call it for tonight. I think that will do it. That was a lot of fun. This entire episode was fantastic loved all the discussion topics and loved uh loved sharing it with you guys and yeah you know we try to do these every once in a while and catch up on the news and get get caught up on stuff we got a lot of things to look forward to you know last week we kind of looked back and uh you know now we're looking forward and uh, yeah it's gonna be a crazy year and yeah uh yeah, it's uh, it's it's gonna, it's be, gonna be a lot of fun, and we're gonna be there to bring you as much of it as we possibly can. But that is going to do it for tonight's episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in this week. We hope to see you again next week. But for Benjamin Hart and Zach, uh, Jake Damon, I'm Zach. <laughs> <laughs> for Benjamin Hart and Jacob Damon I am Zachary Arnold yes I am full naming myself because I'm just in that much trouble we hope to see you all next week right here on IPC but until then we just want to leave you with this closing thought strength of character can defeat strength in numbers we hope to see a number of you next week right here on IPC but until then good night everyone to ride along with Geralt of Rivia along came this song when the white wolf fought a silver tongued devil his army of elves and his hooves did they revel 
they came after me with masterful deceit broke down my loot and they kicked in my teeth while the devil's horns minced our tender meat and so cried the witcher he can't be bleed toss a coin to your witcher oh valley of plenty oh valley of plenty Toss a coin to your witcher, oh valley of plenty. At the edge of the world, fight the mighty horn that bashes and breaks you and brings you to more. He thrust every arrow. Far back on the shelf, high up on the mountain, from whence it came. Ah, he wiped out your past, got kicked in his chest. He's a friend of humanity, so give him the rest. That's my epic tale, our champion brother, defeated the villain. Now for him some Thanks, man. <laughs>